Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and back for his weekly visit as my NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for over a couple of decades. Always good to catch up with you, Andy. And are you ready to give me a 30-minute breakdown of Tom versus Giselle in divorce court? You, you got that all set? <laughs> I'm going to let the lawyers for those respective parties handle that situation. I'm much more concerned, like, how many touchdowns Tom Brady might throw on a given week. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, I don't care either. Um, but uh, Texans with uh, yet another close loss. I'm really not smiling about that. It's it's getting a little bit old. But I know fantasy owners must have been thrilled, Andy, with Damian Pierce's breakout game. Brandon Cook's finally making an appearance. Nico Collins doing a little bit of something. So there's some good fantasy stuff in there. Well, definitely for Damian Pierce, and as somebody who has Pierce on a couple of teams, yeah, I was definitely thrilled with last week's performance. Uh, If you're looking at it from a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective, obviously some frustration at the continued involvement of Rex Burkhead, but uh, even with him popping in on occasion, uh, Pierce uh, did great last week, and certainly uh, I think anybody that has them has a weekly starter going forward with a lot of upside. Uh, You know, Cooks, obviously, we know is going to probably have a little bit of hit or miss element in fantasy because of the inconsistencies of Davis Mills. But yes, it was nice to get him, see him get a touchdown. He obviously still gets a decent amount of targets. So he's somebody who can keep starting moving forward. It was nice to see uh, the best game of the season from Nico Collins. But at this point, I'd say he's still bench fodder or maybe even waiver wire fodder. In some leagues, I think the best you're going to get there is maybe an emergency starter during buys. But by week start next week, in fact, the Texans are actually off next week along with Detroit. So uh, after that, the buys will really start uh, cooking up. So if, if Collins can get going, uh, that certainly could make him at least useful in an emergency situation during the bye week period. Yeah, I forgot. It's already on us. It's here by weeks. It goes quickly. And the Texans... You know, they get get the Jags this Sunday in Jacksonville. The Jags ranked eighth in the league in rushing defense. But despite Damian Pierce's lighter workload so far, he's 10th in the NFL in total yards. I looked that up today. Could not believe it. 5.2 yards per carry, Andy. He's third in the NFL among running backs with at least 60 carries. He's only behind, get this, Texans fans, Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. Do you think this Jags defense is good enough to slow Pierce down this week? To a degree, but uh, I don't think, even though Jacksonville has shown improvement, uh, I'm not sure that they're a shutdown unit at this point. They did well on Jonathan Taylor back in week two. Uh, Austin Eckler did not have the game he had against them that he had against the Texans, but that also was a bit of a game flow uh, situation. This this is one of the better running backs uh, in, in theory, given that Taylor and Eckler struggled against them. This is a, a real good test uh, for Jacksonville, getting a guy like Pierce. And last week they did give up two touchdowns to Miles Sanders. So I, I think Pierce can can still make an impact in this game. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to because I don't know what else the Texan offense really does consistently on offense the Jags tied for sixth in scoring but when you look at their yardage totals Andy I thought this was interesting look at their yardage totals the run game their pass game nothing really sticks out I mean they're not this incredible offense when you look at overall it's just they're doing it and scoring and they're pretty much 
middle of the pack and all the other numbers. How, how good is the Jags offense, do you think? And how has Trevor Lawrence looked and, and from a fantasy perspective as well? Well, last week, Lawrence really struggled. Uh, he contributed most uh, in terms of winning to anybody that had the Philadelphia defense on their roster uh, by fumbling multiple times. And, and just it was a disaster. I mean, it was, the conditions were not great in Philadelphia. But I still think we've seen a lot of improvement from Lawrence uh, from last year's Urban Meyer-related disaster. He's not somebody in fantasy that's a weekly starter yet, but certainly – uh, you know, against the Texans, if you if you need a streamer, he could be uh, the option. I would look for a bounce back week from Christian Kirk. He had been on fire until the Eagles shut him down, but he's clearly come over from Arizona and been Lawrence's number one receiver. Uh, James Robinson has been a great story so far. I mean, he was not expected uh, to potentially even be ready at the start of the season uh, during the offseason. Instead, He's done really well, although like the rest of the Jaguars, he struggled in Philadelphia. I mean, certainly Robinson is worth a go this week. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, their other uh, running back, main running back in his second year out of Clemson, he had a lost first season, of course, due to injury. Uh, he's shown some signs at times. He played a little bit more in Philadelphia last week. Uh, so Etienne is somebody, if you have him on the roster, certainly keep him around because he's got the potential for some big games. Probably no more than a flex against the Texans, but I mean, given the Texans and how running backs have done against them, if you're in a bind, you can do a whole lot worse than ETN. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you, you can run against the Texans, and I don't think they proved anything against a Charger team that really can't do that on their own. So, you know, they, they didn't have to. Uh, it seems like everything was open in the secondary against the Texans as well. And the Jags, looking at the odds here this week, they're favored by seven over the Texans. Do you think this looks like an easy Jacksonville cover or do the Texans figure out a way to keep this one close again? How does it look to you? Well, it may be a situation where the Jaguars cover, but it's not a you know runaway disaster for the Texans. I mean, it could be something where they lose by like 10 points or something because they've generally been competitive in all of their games. So I, I, I could see Jacksonville covering, but not blowing the Texans out. Yeah, they, they really haven't been blown out this year, the Texans. It was almost that way with the Chargers. But, I mean, you got to give them credit. They stick around. I don't know if that means anything to Texans fans, but there you go. Uh, a reminder also to everybody out there before we start hitting the national stuff to subscribe, comment, and like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. Tomorrow, my co-host, Sean Bajani, and I will catch everybody up on what's going on inside the Texans locker room. We hit some Final regular season's thoughts on the Astros as well. And make sure to catch our live Texans postgame show on YouTube right after the game. We're live on YouTube. You got to go check that out right after the game. So make a note of that. And Andy, I want to zip around the NFL, look at the fantasy football big picture storylines. And it seems like we always have to start with impactful injuries. Unfortunately, Javante Williams out in Denver, two out in Miami, question marks about Jonathan Taylor for Thursday as well. What does it all mean in fantasy? And are there any other concerns for owners out there? Well, obviously, Javante Williams is a big loss. I mean, Texans fans saw him uh, playing very well uh, when Denver beat the Texans back in week two. Uh, he's a back that, although he's been sharing time with Melvin Gordon, he's one of those guys that's always capable of a gigantic week. Very talented, young, fun-to-watch player. So that 
is a huge loss for Denver. Melvin Gordon, the veteran, steps in. They also have Mike Boone, who formerly played for Minnesota, and uh, signed Latavius Murray uh, off the New Orleans practice squad. Quite a busy week for Latavius Murray. He played for the Saints in London on Sunday, and now, of course, Denver plays on Thursday. So a whirlwind week uh, for a new world traveler in Latavius Murray. Uh, certainly, uh, if you're a fantasy owner and you've got some issues at running back, it's worth it to take a flyer on Mike Boone. He should be out there pretty much almost every league. Uh, Gordon certainly steps in with uh, Ray's stock, but he also had a costly fumble and lost to Las Vegas on Sunday. So uh, Murray, I, I think, may just end up serving as depth, but he did look good for New Orleans the other day. It's probably going to be a little bit of a mess for the Broncos, but, uh, you know, right now your starting points would be Gordon and Boone. Uh, it may force them to use Russell Wilson uh, more as a passer, which obviously would mean better things for Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Two out in Miami. Uh, so that means you go to Don Strzok, right, in Miami for the backup? <laughs> Always loved Don Strock, but uh, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater taking snaps for the Dolphins on Sunday against the Jets. And that is a pretty good thing overall for Miami, because as we've seen with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, generally speaking, he doesn't sink teams. I mean, he's, he's a well-liked uh, veteran. Uh, he's been very popular in all of his stops and everything like that. And he's you know, let's be honest. I'm a fan of the guy. He's obviously, you know, I'd never say he's a great quarterback or anything like that, but he should be good enough to keep Ty Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle going. Uh, Miami might lean a little bit more on the running game, and they've been using Raheem Mostert more over uh, Chase Edmonds of late. So I don't think Teddy will sink uh, the stock of the wide receivers there, they may be a little bit less desirable, but I think overall, definitely Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle uh, will still put up some numbers. Yeah, we mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if we got much into that, but also looking at the Colts in general, I mean, I'm starting to kind of wonder if Frank Reich's job's going to be in jeopardy. I mean, they keep handing me a different quarterback every year. None of them seem to help him out a whole lot. Um, that seems to be the big hole on that team, but you know, how soon before like Frank Reich is in trouble with uh, the Colts? Well, I think he's already on the hot seat because, uh, you know, he was, you know, heavily involved. I mean, they brought Carson Wentz in and that seemed to work out until the last game of last season. And then that's it for Carson Wentz. And admittedly, Carson Wentz is clearly struggled since, you know, his, his peak 2017 season in Philadelphia. But, um, uh, you know, I, there's there were expectations that the Colts were going to win the division, and they're floundering, and they've got to go to Denver on a short week. At this point, the status of Jonathan Taylor is still in question, but uh, owners out there, with that being a Thursday night game, you have to be ready to you know pull the trigger pretty quickly on uh, getting him out of the lineup if needed. Uh, former Texan Philip Lindsay uh, could get some more work in that game. Uh, you know, he's obviously it would be an interesting story him playing in Denver again since he's from there and, and, and used to play for the Broncos but uh, I think if you have to go with an Indianapolis back uh, other than Taylor it would be Naheem Hines but yeah right now just just not a good situation in Indianapolis Matt Ryan is struggling you know but the only guy who uh, theoretically besides Taylor offers uh, any value on a weekly basis uh, consistently is Michael Pittman 
We mentioned some injuries. The only thing injured in Pittsburgh is some pride uh, because there's another quarterback coming in and it's not Mitch Trubisky. And I'm sure his pride's a little hurt, but Kenny Pickett for t- Steelers fans, it's got to be a big help as a possible, you know, upgrade for them at quarterback. Is he a fantasy factor at all? Well, Pittsburgh goes into a very rough stretch of games here. They've got Buffalo this week, and they also have to play in this upcoming stretch. Uh, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia. So it's going to be a while before Pickett makes his way into the streaming conversation. Certainly in two quarterback or super flex leagues, uh, he can be a factor right away because in those types of formats, pretty any pretty much anybody can be a factor right away. Uh, the Steelers have plenty of weapons. I mean, George Pickens looks like a future star at receiver. Uh, Pat Fryermuth certainly has been a consistent tight end. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, although he has issues with drops, uh, he's pretty solid. I think Chase Claypool's kind of leaning into disappointment status. And then they also have Najee Harris, who's solid in the backfield. Jalen Warren seems to be coming on as Najee's backup. So, uh, you know, Pickett, by all accounts, seems to be a decent quarterback, and the supporting cast is pretty good there in Pittsburgh. So uh, if you're in a dynasty league, certainly you could be excited about uh, Pickett. I think if he's going to have any moments this year, it's going to have to be after that uh, rough stretch of games. But I think he may do a better job of keeping everybody afloat in Pittsburgh than Trubisky was doing. All right, the big five. Let's hit the big five matchups, the most intriguing matchups of the week from Andy and the Red Hot Giants are going to play the Packers in London. Forget everything you think about for this game. To me, I got to know from you, Andy, is the new king going to show up? Do we have odds of a King Charles sighting in Vegas yet? Or <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, uh, what, do you, what do you think about this game? I, I, I'm, I like doing the uh, royalty deal every now and then. So, yeah, what, what do you think about this game? <laughs> Well, if you want to talk about royalty for the Giants, it's definitely Saquon Barkley. I mean, he is the large reason why the Giants are three and one right now, because there's really not a fantasy factor on that roster outside of him. And he may very well be a Mark man Sunday morning when we're watching uh, over here in the States, because Daniel Jones and former Texan Tyrod Taylor are both uh, injured right now. I mean, should those guys not be able to play? I believe it's Davis Webb that would be taking over for the Giants at quarterback. Uh, I, I think this is probably a situation where Green Bay has no problems winning this game. Uh, it's just a matter of if the Giants have Jones or Taylor, they'll probably be a whole lot more likely to at least be somewhat editive. Uh, it could be a good day for both uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the ground. Aaron Rodgers has started uh, kind of narrowing his target tree a bit. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, the rookie out of Nevada, and Alan Lazard have been his top two targets with a touchdown thrown in last week from Robert Tunyon at tight end. So I think as the year progresses, now that he's started to get more comfortable with some guys, we may see some bigger games from Rodgers. But I don't think Green Bay is going to have to rely heavily on the passing game this week. I think Jones and Dillon uh, are definitely due for pretty good games. All right, I, we're going to have to like hold everything here because apparently the Falcons and the Bucks is a first place battle in the NFC South. Is that right, Andy? The Falcons are battling for first. That is right. Both teams head into this game at two and two. I mean, Atlanta has definitely uh, been a surprise, but 
uh, I'm not really sure that uh, the Falcons are at a point of where we should really take them seriously. If they were to beat Tampa Bay, sure. But I think this is kind of a course correction game uh, for, for Tampa Bay in this one. I mean, their defense had been playing well up until last Sunday. But, of course, you know, sometimes uh, even the best defenses can look bad against Pat Mahomes. But uh, outside of uh, his off-the-field news, uh, Brady had his best game of the season. Mike Evans came back with a vengeance with two touchdowns and, and Chris Godwin also came back as well. So uh, they also got a boost uh, from Rashad white, a rookie running back spelling Leonard Fournette. So I, I think Tampa Bay is primed to have a big week. Uh, Atlanta obviously is going to be shaking things up a bit. Cordero Patterson is on injured reserve for four weeks. Caleb uh, Patterson and uh, Tyler Algier were the two main guys in the Atlanta backfield this week. Uh, both performed fairly well. Both are worth a look on waivers. Although against that Tampa Bay run defense, I wouldn't expect uh, anything big out of those guys. Uh, the biggest story with Atlanta is that Kyle Pitts has been a bust at tight end. And, you know, I, I, I think at some point, you know, everybody thinks he will snap out of it. Uh, I think he will at some point. But, you know, between him and Drake London, the target trees narrow in Atlanta. But Marcus Mariota struggled last week against the Browns. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, Atlanta is two and two. I'll give them credit for that. But uh, I I still don't think it's time uh, to really jump on the Falcons bandwagon. For everybody who's watching this on video, they see my light went out. Uh, apparently, I was, I'm short a few watts here. But where we're not short a few watts, because they do still have one watt, is in Arizona. How do you like that transition? Because the juggernaut Eagles are at the J.J. Watt Arizona Cardinals What's got you intrigued about this one? Well, I think at this point, I mean, the Eagles are pretty much, uh, you know, the most intriguing team in football. And, and last week, uh, they didn't have a big passing game in the rain. It was Miles Sanders who produced a couple of touchdowns, and Jalen Hurts also run, ran for a score. So, uh, you know, Arizona seemed to right the ship a bit last week, but that was also against Carolina. This is a much stiffer test for the Cardinals. On offense, it seems like Arizona can't wait for DeAndre Hopkins to get back, and he is due back in week seven. Uh, Philadelphia's defense has been playing so well. Uh, I think, obviously, you're starting all of your uh, main eagles. Uh, you know, on the Arizona side of the fence, I mean, certainly I, I would think you would still start Kyler Murray unless you just had some other quarterback that was of his caliber, which would be pretty unlikely. But he certainly could struggle in this situation. I mean, I think with the Cardinals, uh, you know, we obviously still have to start Murray, James Conner, uh, Marquise Brown. And uh, one player who could be somewhat motivated for Arizona, Zach Ertz, who, of course, spent many years in Philadelphia. So those are the main guys for the Cardinals. But you have to keep your expectations in check a little bit in this tougher matchup. Cowboys are at the Rams. I know it's a big one, but do we have to talk about the Cowboys, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they're three and one right now. Um, you know, this, I, I realize that a lot of people get tired of, of Cowboys talk, but it, it's more annoying when they're not very good. I mean, you know, Cooper Rush has come in and has led them to three straight victories, not posting gaudy numbers, but, uh, you know, he certainly hasn't uh, hurt CD Lamb in fantasy. And that's really what you want your backup quarterbacks to do. Uh, if you have, you know, a receiver with them. Michael Gallup came back for Dallas, had a touchdown last week. So that's a big weapon uh, for the Cowboys. And, 
you know, the, the running back situation, a lot of people would like to see Tony Pollard take over the larger role over Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, that's I, not imminent, I don't think, but I think you can continue to start both of those guys as flexes. And I think they'll probably get more out of Dalton Schultz going forward. He was uh, coming off an injury last week uh, when they beat Washington. Uh, as far as the Rams go, we saw that they really struggled on Monday night out in San Francisco. And this is a team that kind of has a habit of riding the ship when all seems lost. Um, but they're also having struggles up front, uh, you know, and that's really hurt Matthew Stafford. Uh, the only Ram that's really been producing at a high level, of course, is Cooper Cup. Uh, Tyler Hickey's been kind of a pleasant surprise at tight end, but Allen Robinson has been a disappointing free agent signing. Uh, Cam Akers has had trouble getting untracked, and they don't seem willing to really give Daryl Henderson a larger role. So right now, I mean, uh, Cup and Higby are really the automatic starters for the Rams. I mean, uh, Stafford is capable of turning it around, uh, but against a tough Dallas pass rush, it could be another uh, difficult week for him. Yeah, sorry, I'm contractually obligated to hate the Cowboys. I am from Houston, so that's just in the contract when you uh... – Get your birth certificate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a Cowboys fan, but, uh, you know, they, they are a big story around the league. They always will be. Unfortunately. Uh, so the Bengals are at the Ravens. Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. Plenty other storylines in this one too, right? Yeah. I mean, Sunday night game in Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens, uh, two and two. Uh, they had Buffalo on the ropes last week, but controversial play where they opted not to kick a field goal and then didn't get a touchdown and the Bills went down and uh, won with a field goal. But the fact that they were able to hang with Buffalo uh, does, you know, say that Baltimore is a quality team. And of course, Cincinnati is. These two teams uh, tied for a share of first in the AFC North with Cleveland. So the winner will at least have a share of first. Uh, the Browns playing the Chargers. So by no means is that going to be a gimme win for Cleveland or, of course, the Chargers. Uh, they're kind of two helter skelter teams. But, anyways, back to the Bengals. Uh, they have definitely uh, righted the ship over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Joe Mixon is getting a lot of volume. He hasn't turned it into a lot of production yet. And, of course, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's got those uh, you know three great receivers to throw to, uh, the steady Tyler Boyd, and, of course, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Uh, Higgins has really stolen some of the thunder of late. Uh, but against the Baltimore secondary, I mean, all three of those guys could put up decent numbers. The Ravens have – an interesting defense for fantasy and where they're able to get sacks and turnovers, but of course they also give up tons of points. Uh, we'll have to watch the status of Rashad Bateman, the second year receiver for Baltimore. Uh, he is uh, dealing with an injury. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see, like I said, on if he's able to go or not. Uh, Mark Andrews on a rebound. He had an off day against the Bills and Lamar. Uh, by his standards, had a bit of an off day, so he should rebound. Uh, J.K. Dobbins uh, had a, a couple of touchdowns. He's fought his way back from injury, so he's got on the radar. We definitely use him in fantasy. And, you know, Devin Duvernay has also produced touchdowns in a decent clip. I still wouldn't, you know, be overly excited to start Duvernay, but he's somebody you could use if you were in a jam. Let's just uh, hit the wins and losses and maybe make some picks here. Uh, Giants and Packers, I assume you're picking the pack in London? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Falcons and Bucks. It sounded like you were leaning towards the Bucks. You think they're going to all the, the way on Tampa Bay? Yeah. Eagles and Cardinals. You sticking with the Eagles? the role's going to keep going, huh? 
I think the Eagles will keep it going. Yep. Cowboys and the Rams. Where, where do you lean on that? You know, this is just the kind of game that I think after they've been counted out that the Rams usually find a way to win. I mean, it would not surprise me if Dallas wins, but the, the Rams have their backs against the wall a little bit. You like the Ravens at home against the Bengals? That's a close call, but yeah, I will I will give Baltimore the nod at home for that one. All right, before we close, I got a couple notes, and one of them is, you know, it's not sports-related, but... I'm such a music buff, and uh, how could you not love Loretta Lynn? And just got to give a quick shout-out to her. And I'll tell you what, Andy, there's a lot of NFL players that you wish were as tough as Loretta Lynn, born with no electricity and no plumbing as a kid, you know, married at 15, had four kids by 19, was a grandmother by 34, was writing songs about her cheating, drinking husband before 50 years before Taylor Swift was doing the same type of stuff about uh, her cheating boyfriend. She was so far ahead of her time. She was such a trailblazer, tough as nails, lived to 90 years old. Um, what a life and uh, just a real hat tip to Loretta Lynn. I know you're not much of a country music fan, but I mean, it's Loretta Lynn. Who, who doesn't love her? Oh, she was a remarkable lady, yes. Also, a quick plug for all the Rockets fans before we go, if you missed it, watch or listen to my conversation with Rockets expert Frank from HTX Chop Shop on his reaction to their first preseason game. That was our last show. If you want to ask Andy fantasy questions, he's at Andy Rio on Twitter. Always good to see you, Andy. Let's do it again next week. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.